All I know is I'm going back on like December or something. Minnesota in December? Yeah. Well, it's 20 degrees there today or was. I'm like, thank God I didn't go this time. Do you even own a coat? Not like a real one. They're all like, you know, thin as paper. Like that black hat, (laughs) hat or one that you got me, that's about the extent of my jackets. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PEDCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 47 of 2022. I'm Chris Lee, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone celebrating in the U.S. this week. With me, I have my co-host, Uncle Barbecue, who plans to have a turkey hangover on Black Friday. As Jim Gaffigan would say, dinner's... I'm sorry, it's over. As Jim Gaffigan once said, Thanksgiving isn't over when I'm full, Thanksgiving's over when I hate myself. And that's probably going to be on Friday after all the turkey and meat you eat. Yes, sir. No kidding. And we have Glenn Medina, who has put his pool in maintenance mode now because it's way too cold in Northern California to go swimming right now. It is chilly here, gentlemen. Like, I literally had to turn the heater on the other day because it was 63 degrees in my office. Homie's lying. uh, He was working from his car. Because the Tesla could produce more <laughs> energy as opposed to his house. Don't lie, man. While, while plugged in, so I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I went to the uh, went to the charger and warmed myself up because it was really cold in the house. <laughs> How cold and, is it there uh, right now? You know, if you sorry in my house, it's it's set to eight uh, no, sixty eight because the kid. Oh, outside? I don't know. What? How cold is it right now? Let's see now? who's the it's coldest. Not as cold as it was. Where are you at? I'm uh, at sixty four Fahrenheit. Damn. All right. Uh, it's actually warm here today. I'm at Holy s- cow. It is 41 degrees here right now. Oh, damn. All right. I have arguably the best climate. It's 69 over here. Nice. Aww. You win. <laughs> I always Definitely. win. But if you do want to come over to the house and you want to do the, uh, the, the Arctic challenge of jumping in the pool while it's freezing cold, uh, please come over. Happy to have you over and see this thing. All right, open invite. Anyone feel free to visit Glenn and jump in his pool. Knock at the front That's door, right. or he will shoot you. Though <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's sixty degrees right now in the pool. So oof, oof, chilly. Well, no guests this week. As I mentioned on an earlier episode, with the holidays coming up, it's going to be tough to schedule people, and us ourselves had to reschedule a few times, <clears throat> Glenn. So <laughs> hopefully, in the new year, we'll have more guests on the show. Combined, we have decades of information security experience in here, not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today, we're opening the show with some closing loop feedback about Election Day last week. Open with pocket selection talk. For our first story, Apple caves into the Chinese government again. Next, we have the amazing collapse of FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange. For our third story, a story about Elon Musk doing some good in the cyber world. And we'll close with cult talk, and I'll talk about my recent trip. Oh, I can't wait for this to start. Oh, yeah. Excited to hear about your trip. (laughs) Closing the loop this week. Wow, what a turn of events about crypto exchange FTX. We'll talk about them more in story two today. 
closing the loop on election week last week. We still do not know who controls Congress after a record number of close call races here in the U.S. What is known is that Suffolk County, New York, needs an IT infrastructure overhaul. On election nights, the results were so slow to upload, election workers resorted to taking the memory cards and manually driving them to Election HQ with the results on them. There were thoughts that the system was hacked, and that's why it was running so slow, but after reviewing the firewall logs, it turned out not to be the case. What happened was the IT infrastructure in Suffolk County, New York, is so old, it could not handle all the security agents installed on their machines used to protect the integrity of the election. That's what they want to tell you. I'm, I, I deleted all the logs on my way out. Thank you, Glenn, for getting the joke. But uh, on a serious note, agent fatigue is a real thing. I think I talked to a customer this week. They had seven agents on their their devices. That's, that's overkill. That's it? Only seven? That's it? Only, Only seven? seven? Yeah. I have known some customers that have like 18, 19 Shut up. Agents. No way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Yep. And if you're running like Windows XP or Windows Embedded or something, yeah, you're definitely going to run into RAM very quickly with 18 agents on there. But you know what I am fatigued about is talking about politics. It's just it's a no-win situation. It's the perfect topic at Thanksgiving with all your friends and family. We're doomed. We're doomed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For our opening topic, a study of 700,000 people found out that two-thirds of people put their phone in which pocket? Front right. Back Brass is front right. Driver's side. Back left. Prison wallet. Brian is correct. Two-thirds of people put their phone in the front right. I, myself included, I am part of the front right gang. I keep my phone in the front right pocket. As big as that thing is, it fits inside of your pocket. You've got a huge phone. i got huge pockets. (laughs) He's got... You heard it here first, guys. I can see that. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris has huge pockets. Deep pockets. Even bigger prison wallet for the third time I'll say that. <laughs> Where do you guys keep your phone? All right, Brian, are you are you front right gang as well? Uh, yes, sir. I keep mine either left pocket, left rear pocket, or front left, depending what I'm wearing. Are you a southpaw? I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, are you left-handed? I Why? like to keep my right hand free, and I use my left hand to grab things. <laughs> so, <laughs> is that because uh, your right hand is your gun draw hand? You always have to keep that clear. Absolutely, it's the it's the it's the ready hand. So, you guys don't do that. You guys don't. I think that's a police officer training thing. Like, if you're a police officer and you're right-handed, and someone goes to shake your right hand, like I've seen them either do the fist bump or. They mm-hmm. put out their left hand because the risk is if you stick out your right hand, someone can grab your right hand, which is your gun hand, and then you you know you no longer have the ability to draw your weapon. That's right. Do you guys open doors with your left or your right? I mean, depends on what door I'm going through. Mm, I could see. Sometimes that. if it's like a push, I'll just back my butt right up to it, just push my way right through it. Gotcha, gotcha. No COVID germs over here, boys. Yeah. So you guys draw left or right? 
Right. Right. So I you, I grew up in the city, and one of the things I do by instinct now is if I open up a car door, I open it up with my back to the car, and I always open it with my left hand so I have a 180-degree view of what would typically be behind me if I'm facing the car, and then I keep my dominant hand free. So how would you open with your left hand on the passenger door of a Model 3 or Y? Because they got those door handles that really still do it uh, yeah you just push your thumb in on the the big part and then you you reach you would reach under it to open it with your right hand with your left hand because you want to keep your right your dominant hand free you'd have to push it in with your pinky then because it pivots off of the left side right all right glenn well i don't have (laughs) a poor tesla (laughs) i don't have a model three i don't have to worry about that (laughs) i guess not yeah you've got the tesla that opens its doors for you so yeah hey hey, fun fact men when entering a car they actually go in butt first but girls go in head first really watch it yeah would have never i'm not too sure why huh yeah Yeah, i go in foot first i guess i guess it's foot butt and then head yeah, well, obviously you're not going to do a cartwheel in there. Jesus, dude. Hmm. All right. Listener, hey, send us your wait, feedback. No, no, no. We got to... There's a problem here on top of me interrupting you. Sorry. Glenn. Yeah? You put your phone in your back pocket? Like, that's just like clear pickings, man. You, someone's going to jack you for no reason. Sell the iPhone for parts. I don't know. I've never had a problem with my back pocket getting jacked, so... Not yet. That was my well, thought, too, knows. because, like, phones and wallets in back pockets like i always keep things in the front pockets for that exact reason it's much more pickpocket resistant well i figure it's a same work i don't phone. keep anything in my back pocket that's a work phone they can have it <laughs> <laughs> no one wants an iphone 8 right Glenn? yeah that's, that's right no one ever wanted an iphone 8 for the longest time all right while we're on the topic of iphones for our first topic Apple is rolling out a new feature, and I'm conflicted if this is a good thing or not, so I'll let you guys be the judge. All iPhones and iPads have a feature called AirDrop, where you can do peer-to-peer file transfers without using mobile data. It's really useful when I take a group photo, instead of texting it out to other members of the group, I just AirDrop it to them. They just tell them to turn on AirDrop, accept the AirDrop, and they get a full high-quality photo and no mobile data is used. As they say, with great power comes great responsibility. AirDrop has a setting to turn it completely off, turn it on for contacts only, or turn it on for everyone. When I'm at a company event, I like to see who has their AirDrop turned on to receive from everyone, and I AirDrop them a hilarious but safer work meme when they do that. There's even a story in the news that an airport near here down in San Jose, a Southwest pilot made an announcement over the PA to tell passengers to stop airdropping nude photos to each other or he would turn the plane around. Well, Apple... Well, fun fact, this is how Chris's nudes got leaked. I just saw him from him. It was a lot. And then, boom, airdrop everybody. Airdrop everybody. Yep. Don't sleep on a plane next to me. Those are safely... Those are safely stored in the hidden folder, which on iOS 16 now requires Face ID to go into your hidden folder, FYI. Side note, gross. Chris has got nudes of himself, guys. (laughs) You mean you don't? Of course not. I have kids. Maybe they're on the pink camera, Chris. 
Yeah, the the, <laughs> the the pink digital camera. That's where they are. They're they're air gapped. <laughs> you guys are done. Well, Apple in China has rolled out a new feature in iOS 16.1.1, where the AirDrop Receive from Everyone feature turns off after 10 minutes. The security practitioner side of me thinks this is a good thing because sometimes I have to receive a file from someone not in my contact list and I set it to receive from everyone and not everyone remembers to switch it back to contacts only or off. And this protects iPhone users from receiving potentially dangerous files from unknown sources. On the other hand, we're talking about China. So Apple's hand was definitely forced. The thought is here that people in China leave their airdrop on to receive from everyone and activists send and spread anti-government messages through AirDrop. If we recall, AirDrop is peer-to-peer, so not subject to the inspection of the Great Firewall of China, and not subject to content moderation on apps like WhatsApp and WeChat. Where there's a will, there's a way, they say. So limiting receiving AirDrop from everyone to 10 minutes, good idea or dangerous precedent? Or does Chris just not like to be told what to do? That's really what this boils down to. It's true, it's freedom. Don't take away my freedom. I think the intent, what do you think, Glenn? I, the intent is good. Like, having it turn off after 10 minutes. I mean, many times I've gone and done something and totally forgot. Like, how many times have you guys cooked eggs on the stove and or boiled eggs on the stove, left it, and then realized that only to come back and that you've got some really hard-boiled eggs? Egg timer. Yeah. What? Souffle. Duh. I don't have that problem. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. That's a, I just think kidding. it's a good feature. So, uh, just good, like I'm with you. I think yeah, it's a I good feature, good. right? I don't like that China's dictating it, but at the same time, I see why Apple's giving in, right? The the TAM over there is huge, so they're gonna they're gonna listen. Yeah, exactly. So I'm with you, Brian. Like in theory, if Apple came out with it on their own and said this is a security improvement, I like I probably would have been more on board with it. But the fact that it seems like the China CCP made them do it. Makes me not like it immediately, and I view it through that lens that they're trying to suppress dissension in in China. They're trying to censor anti-government speech there, which I don't care for. So you think the ability to receive stuff without having to put it in when you put it airdrop in open communication, it's just something that should be allowed i mean we always preach security right it is i I, maybe a compromise would be everyone and then everyone for 10 minutes because most normal situations you can just turn on for everyone for 10 minutes but if you want to be a part of that you know underground in china of spreading anti-government propaganda then you just leave it everyone always yeah at least give people the choice all I know is when I go to China, I'm turning it on every 10 minutes just to see what people are saying. About <laughs> see what see what gets airdropped to you. They're like, they're suppressing it. Guys, you won't believe this. The McRib is back and no one knows. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you can't getting, stop the signal. <laughs> you're getting a nude pic of uh, some panda bears over there. So that'd be interesting. <laughs> a nude pic. Your, your social credit score just slowly <laughs> drops as, as the more stuff you airdrop over there. <laughs> yeah brian you're right that the iphones in china are a little bit different so this feature is tagged specifically for iphones that are sold in china and there's other features too like like you said apple has bent over backwards to please the 
you know, the Chinese government, they built an entire iCloud that's China only. They have an app store that's China only just to be able to sell iPhones in that country. Imagine if we did that. Like if we flipped the switch and said, hey, you know, iPhones have to be U.S. only. They have to, they come with these settings and you, we can't do that elsewhere. I mean, we've been pretty open about our, our, our format and not only that, our, our sharing. Since when have you had a country that's been so closed off as, as China and what the repercussions are because of that? Well, I'm never going to call it racist. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you crazy. can't have an America first policy, but you know, China twenty twenty five policy, a okay with that. Yeah. Although I heard they're starting to lift some of their COVID zero lockdown policies now. They realize that's stifling the country's economy, so they've lightened up on that a little bit. So that's maybe a move in the right direction. For our second topic, this is a closing the loop item, but man, what a crazy fall from grace since we spoke just a week ago cryptocurrency exchange FTX has become insolvent and declared bankruptcy. Just like this week, we were talking about how they're doing their customers right by reimbursing them $6 million for stolen funds when they didn't have to. It turns out their founder and CEO, Sam Blakeman Freed, aka SBF, who is known to be a giant Democratic donor, he did the one thing a crypto exchange is not supposed to do. He gambled with his client's money. According to reporting from the Financial Times, FTX had over $9 billion, so again, we're talking about billion with the B, $9 billion in customer deposits and only about $1 billion in assets or hard currency, be it in fiat or cryptocurrency. That left them with over $8 billion in unfunded liabilities of actual customer money that's unaccounted for. Traders rushed to withdraw about $6 billion from the platform in just 72 hours, Talk about a run on the bank. Now, we're an information security podcast, not a business news podcast, so there is a twist to things. A day after Binance agreed to acquire FTX, they took one look at their financial books and saw that $8 billion liability and noped out really, really quickly. FTX had no choice but to file for bankruptcy, taking those $9 billion in customer deposits with them. Making matters worse, just hours after the bankruptcy filing, somebody allegedly hacked into FTX's hot wallet and stole over $660 million in cryptocurrency, meaning that the exchange was left with less than $340 million in assets on $9 billion in liabilities. All cryptocurrency was moved to a cold storage to protect further hacking and withdrawals. What a change a week can make. Wow. So obviously they're they're saving grace here. They they hope that uh I guess their cryptocurrency moons. <laughs> That's the only way they're gonna recover. And after it's dropped to like ninety nine percent. That was their other the other problem is they held cryptocurrency, but it was in their own tokens and it was self perpetuating. The cryptocurrency exchange became insolvent, their value of their token dropped, and then their deposits dropped as a result of that. Do you think people were sketched out by cryptocurrency before? Like, I guarantee you, one as widely popular as FTX, thank you, Tom Brady, uh, is probably going to turn some heads and make people be a little bit more skeptical next time they go in did they, so on uh, crypto. Did they ever complete uh, reimbursing the $6 million, or was that just a ruse knowing that this thing was coming? 
I'm not sure if they did or not. Did they announce that they would? I don't know if it actually happened. But it doesn't matter because even if they even if they put the six million back into people's accounts, they froze withdrawals. So even if you got the money back, there's no way to get it back out until after this bankruptcy proceeding. Oh wow! wow. Which they so say I, most I, I most love... of the customers are gonna be left holding the bag. There's the, there's so many creditors in line before the actual customers. People aren't gonna see their money again. So you guys know me. I love a great like conspiracy theory. Usually they're a little bit more low rent. Like the uh, the parking lot at Dutch Brothers is is smaller, so it looks like it's busier on purpose. But have you guys heard of the one regarding SBF and him donating money from like the like donate to the Ukraine and turn around giving it to the Democratic Party? Yeah, I saw that one. I I think we'll probably learn more about that in the next coming weeks after they do a thorough forensic analysis because there's. There's just money that's missing. Like it's it's yeah. unaccounted for. They don't know where it is. They don't know where it went. And they don't know if it was stolen, if it was mis you know, misaccounted for, or if it was laundered or it was funneled. It's there's a lot of unknowns right now, but the one thing is is known is they're a hundred percent insolvent and they gotta go through bankruptcy now. The other conspiracy theory is that SBF he he is he has residence in Bermuda. FTX is registered in Bermuda for obvious tax reasons. People are going to say he's planning to flee the country and go to a non-extradition country because he knows the writings on the wall. He's going to serve, hopefully, a lot of time in jail for what he did. All I know is Homeboy donated at least $39 million to the the DNC. And if you've seen a picture of him, you think he would have spent a little bit of that on a haircut. <laughs> maybe like a personal stylist like jesus yeah you get that kind of scratch to give away come on get it together boy <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's an interesting person well, everyone for with sure. that much money is an interesting person yeah well he There's has a couple has, billionaires that aren't put together like that dude that's for sure he has political well, connections he's not a maybe he'll anymore. get yeah. yeah maybe he'll get bailed out by one of his political connections uh remember they're still missing 600 million right so yeah, yeah, they don't know billion. where that went either. And <laughs> yeah, the way he gambled with his clients' money is he started another company called Alameda. I think it's called Alameda Research, and they were making very risky bets with their customers' money without their consent, mind you. Without their consent, he was making very risky bets, and I think Alameda imploded just the same way Celsius and all those other high-risk, high-reward type uh, crypto investment firms did as well. Yeah, get in on the front and then bail out. I wonder if Tom Brady's pissed. First the divorce, now this. I think he lost like $45 million in that alone. <laughs> and, and he had to give her 50% of the shares of when they were high. And now No, she had her own. She had her own? Her name as well. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like he had X amount of shares. Like I think he owned like 0.15% of FTX and she owned like 012 oh, That's funny. Yep. That's There's a... A funny meme going around uh, the internet, and I, I linked through this commercial last week in the, in the show notes. It was an FTX commercial with Larry David. It was actually their Super Bowl commercial where Larry David was like, "Nah, I, I'll pass." Like all these good ideas, like the wheel, the light bulb, and Larry David's like, "Nah, I'll pass. I don't think it's going to go anywhere." And then it ends with Larry David saying, "No, nah, I'm not going to invest in FTX." And then their tagline is, like, "Don't miss out on the next big thing." But people are saying Larry David was he was really trying to warn us not to invest in and put our money in this company. <laughs> What a genius. Yeah. All right. For our third topic, 
Our next story was sent to us in our group chat by Brian. It was an interesting take on finding an insider threat. So back in 2012, Elon Musk and Tesla were dealing with a serial leaker. Someone kept leaking information about Tesla to the media. It was clear they had a mole, but they just could not figure out who it was. Elon hatched a plan to trap the leaker by sending an email he knew would get leaked to the press. Before sending out the email, he had to seem specially craft each email to each recipient by adding or removing extra spaces between words to make a unique fingerprint for each recipient. Every recipient would appear to have received the same email, but only a few people inside Tesla knew who received which email. As predicted, the email was leaked to the press, and after analyzing the copy of the email that was leaked, Elon Musk was able to pinpoint the leaker and promote them to customer. Very innovative and an interesting way to deal with an insider threat. That's a so fun fact. He, yeah. So <clears throat> you look at this and think, oh, man, that's really creative. But there's two things to it. Number one, the reason why they did this is because they were just trying to stay alive at this point in time. In 2012, life wasn't that great at Tesla. And so he couldn't like just go out and buy the best of breed data protection platform and try to fingerprint the data that way. Instead, they just came up with a free way of doing it, which is incredibly intelligent. And then number two, people asked him, did you pursue any type of legal action against, you know, the, this perpetrator? And he said, no, we were just trying to keep the doors open at that point in time. Didn't even have the money to legally go after him. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then even- what? Yeah. Yeah, and even later, like when the Model 3 came out, so they had already had the S and the X. This is not that long ago. They were like days away from bankruptcy, and Apple had the chance to acquire them for some fire sale price, and Apple said no, and now Tesla is, you know, I don't know. I, still, I don't think they're a trillion anymore, but they're they're several hundred million dollar company. Do you think that Tesla has an edge from the self-driving capabilities? When you look at it, like there's different stages and stuff, and, you know, Elon's take on it is that, he believes that you could do autonomous driving with just a camera and you don't need to have all the different sensors. You think that's because they have so much data already that they're able to come through there and make that assertion? Or do you think they're going to fall behind on that autonomous driving situation? I think with Elon's AI company as well and billions of miles of self-driving data, I think they're way ahead. They're leaps and bounds ahead of everybody out there. How long do you think it's take to close that gap, though? Depends. I think all Tesla's the benefit. They are a tech company, so they're not a car company. They make yeah. computers on wheels. They are a tech company. All of their competition, with the exception of like Rivian and all those emerging companies that have their own problems, but like Ford, GM, they're car companies that are trying to pivot into tech. They're very good at building gas-powered cars. Now they have to pivot to electric cars, and then they have to pivot to tech. So I think they're going to try to acquire their way out or, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll, they'll license Tesla's technology. I think Elon said that at some point. They're going to license it out. Well, there's there's two sides of that, though, right? I mean, some things are best as a sensor and some things are really good at a camera. And combine the two and you have something that's really good. I think one of the things that Elon had done and had argued was, you know, that little bubble on the dashboard for your traditional cars is the rain sensor to determine how often the wiper should go off the auto wipers. And Elon mm-hmm. was very 
I guess, uh, very adamant that that not be installed. I think it was like a less than a hundred dollar part. And he wanted to make sure that the computer, the onboard camera could determine when the wipers turn on versus use that little sensor. So it may have cost him a little bit more in R and D, but he definitely got it done. You know, the question is, you know, is one better than the other as far as how things go? Cause I look at my wiper sometimes based off of the, you know, cause I know it's camera based and I'm like, why are you going crazy right now? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so, and like I said, I, I sometimes I look at the car like, this is an amazing car. Other times I look at the car as like, you dumb piece of crap. Like, what the heck is this thing thinking right now? So well, it's like Brian, like he's got into a handful of situations where his full self driving has tried to kill him. Yeah. I will say yes. Last night going to pick up my daughter from the gym. First time there and back where I didn't feel like I was going to die. So, you know, incremental improvements, marginal gains, marginal, 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 gains. marginal gains. Yeah. Oh, so, no. so Chris, going back to your thing about Z about Z car, about Tesla having, you know, leaps and bounds, like more knowledge and, and being educated here in the, in the space of autonomous driving. I think that I, I would agree. You're right. But I do think that technology is going to close that gap for like Ford and GM and Mercedes. I think they're going to be like, you know what, maybe we don't have all the data, but we can just load these cars up with like a crazy ton of sensors and achieve the same result. And I think that's going to narrow it down. And when you, when you start to do that for me, I might start looking at other electric vehicles at this point in time. The only reason I look at a Tesla is for the, the fact that it's super fast and it can drive itself. And I think sense, sensors get you only so far. So sensors in cameras will do really good. If it's a five lane freeway and you're going down the five here in California, which is pretty straight, like any car company can do it. It's that data of I'm in an unprotected left turn lane. I have to make a judgment call of oncoming traffic to see when I pop out. I think that's where Tesla has the edge because they have all that data. They have the AI, they have the chips that that power it to make those un more unusual calls or you know this lane merges and it's it's got to end. How do I correctly merge? Uh, I think you can't buy your way out of that problem. It it'll only come with experience and and, and the tech and the data that Tesla has. Well, that makes me feel better. I don't know why, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> make sure to check back and see if your car tries to kill you anymore let's see I actually uh, recorded it in an event the other day where i was trying to have it drive me to the grocery store late at night and uh it drove me into a car wash <laughs> the video to you guys. it's it's so smart it knows your car is filthy and wants it clean <laughs> yeah it, but, it took a right a little too soon and next thing you know we're in a car wash let's see you Amazon heard it here first is it, you heard it here first. Brian's car became self-aware, and it's the, the beginning of Skynet. Yeah. What, what's that Amazon Prime uh, show that uh, the guy was uploaded? Is it uploaded? Uploaded, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Got killed by a self-driving car. It's funny. <laughs> All right. For our last topic, it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about what's a cult without people admitting it's a cult. I'll let you go first because I'm going to close with my story. What's a cult without people admitting it's a cult? Uh, so all my stuff is surrounded or centered around food for some reason. So I would say like Starbucks, In-N-Out, Marginally Good, Hamburgers. 
and then Chick-fil-A. I don't Blasphemy. get it. You take that, you Blasphemy. take that back, Brian. <laughs> eh, whatever. Pretty soon you're gonna tell me what a beggar is better than In N Out. No, no. I would say that Jack in the Box is even better than What? Yeah. What? No way. Might have yeah, to find a new host yeah. for the podcast. I know. That's it. You're fired. Well, I start my own podcast with people that know what good food is. Uh, well, yeah. Isn't it? Jack in a box. Go to Smashburger or something. <laughs> uh, I would say one cult following that I'm definitely a part of is Breaking Bad. So if you guys haven't seen it, you got to watch it. It's the best thing ever. There's no other better series that's out there. Except maybe The Wire or The Sopranos. What's a cult mm. without admitting it's a cult? I don't know. I think of religion. So, <laughs> That's well, you can't, yeah, you, you can't pick religion and you can't pick like an actual cult. Like, you mean like Starbucks? Politics? I think would <laughs> like Starbucks might be one, you know, avocado toast. That's a thing for some reason right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I think like uh, maybe beer drinkers, it's a cult, yeah, like craft beer. IPAs. Yeah, I think craft, like craft, craft beer, the craft beer snobs. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably a cult. I, I can get on board with that. How about wine? Wine's a cult. Yeah, wine snobs. Yeah, wine snobs I, definitely. Yeah, yeah. My right, kids, so for... my kids, my kids are snooty about food, so I think I probably put them inside there. All right. So for me, and this is what I was leading up to. For me, it's Disney. So Disney is a cult. <laughs> Everything that has to do with Disney is a cult, and I, I think How did I forget about this. People can You're get right. on board with that. So I, I took the family to Disneyland last week for the long weekend, and that that was definitely evidence of a cult if I ever have seen one. Just the pure fanaticism and unmitigated capitalism on display there. It was it, it was seriously crazy. So here I wrote down a couple of observations that I had from from my trip there. There's a dedicated website about what's called a rope drop ceremony and how to be the first in line for the most popular rides so they, they said it's very specific so they say disneyland opens at eight but if you stay in the hotel it opens at 7 30 if you get there at 7 30 the rope for this land drops at this time if you want to go to this ride you have to get through the front door first then you have to get to this door then you have to get to this door the ropes drop at exactly this time. Like, it, it's crazy if you want to be the first in line for one of the rides and yeah, you know, I can kind of see why that might be the case. I think at the peak, one of the rides, oh, they have an app now, so I checked the, the app. At the peak, there was one ride that had a 320-minute wait time. 320 <laughs> minutes of wait time. Like, you could watch... I'm not good at math, but that's like four days, right? <laughs> you could watch like two Star Wars movies in line, and you still wouldn't be in the front of that, that line. It, it was the Rise of the Resistance. I like guess it's, it's super popular, but that 320 minutes, like, uh, that's... You're wasting your whole day there, so... So did you wait? I did not. I did not. Uh, it's definitely not worth my time. Um, everything is streamlined through the app now. They've gotten very good at tech. So the last time I went there was probably it was probably more than ten years ago, before the era of smartphones. But everything is streamlined through the app, so you can reserve a spot in line. You have to you have to pay for that, of course, and you can check wait times, which is how I know that there's a ride that had a 320 minute wait time there. Um, you could order food through the app. So all the restaurants there, instead of having a super long line, which was still existed, they had super long lines for food, but you could reserve food and you could order food online and just pick it up from the, 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 the front. So you say, I want my pizza in an hour, go there in an hour, your, your pizza's ready. You don't have to wait in line for an hour. So I think they've 
done that the crowd control is a lot better the lines were a lot more efficient like the the rides that we actually had to wait for were about 30 minutes which i think in the past was a lot longer so what dollar amount would you spend to not have to wait in a line at all so funny you should mention that so disney has so disneyland so it already costs an arm and a leg to get in like it's it's insanely expensive to take a family to Disneyland right now. And if that wasn't enough, so you, you got to get to the park, you got to pay for the parking, got to get through the front gate. And they have something called Genie Plus, which gives you the privilege of accessing something called Lightning Lane, and you can schedule a time to go there. The Lightning Lane is it, is just way shorter. It's 25 bucks per person. And if you want to ride a super popular ride, like Rise of the Resistance, not only do you have to get Genie Plus for 25 bucks a person, there's surge pricing to get into the Lightning Lane. So you have to check the app and says, okay, well, you can wait <laughs> 320 minutes or you can pay 25 bucks for Genie Plus and then pay another 50 bucks to, to cut the line in that one. So it's, like I said, just that unmitigated capitalism. capitalism. Is that all done through the, a Disney app? It's It's been a while since I've been to Disneyland simply because I refuse to go now. So yeah, yeah. Everything's, everything's done through the app. Wow. They've totally commoditized every minute that you're there. Everything, everything. So, so my kids are young enough. They could only ride four out of the eight rides that are, you know, Genie Plus Lightning Lane eligible. But we did it one day. So the first day we went, it was okay crowded. It was medium crowded. Mm -hmm. The next day was Veterans Day, and it was insanely crowded. So it was actually worth it to buy the Genie Plus, even just for those four rides uh, for the second day, just because of how crazy it was. Because unbeknownst to us and the veterans might know this already but unbeknownst to us veterans day is the official kickoff of christmas season in disneyland so everyone was there for the parade everyone was there for like the christmas tchotchkes and like there were people that there's like special christmas popcorn tins and there'd be just people walking around with like six of them like you're walking around the whole park all day holding these six popcorn tins like why like Okay, maybe they're special or limited edition, but you're walking around with this all day. It made no sense to me, but to each their own. All right. So, did you just say Christmas and tchotchkes in the same sentence? Isn't that like a Jewish reference? <laughs> I know. I thought tchotchkes was like swag. No. Oh, okay. I have no idea. No, I think that tchotchkes is a Jewish reference, though, for swag. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I'm going to let you guys judge me along with all the listeners. So there's something called the there's the Disney VIP experience. Uh, if you go online and buy it, this is not what I'm talking about. They have a special phone number that you call in, and it's it's limited availability. And the way that it works is that you can actually have a group of ten people, and let's say you're either going to, <clears throat> we'll say Disneyland in Florida, Disney World, excuse me. Yeah, you, you still have to buy the park hopper ticket on top of this fee. So the, the fee to do this, and what's included is basically you get a, an actual Disney employee to escort you around the park, and then they will drive you from park to park behind the scenes. And then anytime you want to go to a ride, you just go to the very front. You want to ride it again, you just do it again. Like you just, it's a total like life hack, being able to bounce around in there. You can have, like I said before, you can have 10 people in your group. However, the price for this varies depending on the time of year and the season and all that good stuff. So what would you pay? to do that and by the way when we did this we we hit up all four theme parks in one day so my entire disneyland experience was zero lines cut 
do whatever I want as much as I want and hit up all four theme parks starting at eight o'clock at night and then ending at I don't know seven p.m. But that's only at Disney World, not Disneyland, right? No, you can get at Disneyland too, and you can also do it at Universal Studios. Wow. So I, I'm not going to say what I'm willing to pay for it. I'm going to guess how much it costs, and I'm going to say okay. ten thousand. That is a spot-on guess. That is exactly right. <laughs> on top of the tickets. Family of five? <laughs> Family of five? Well, it's on 10 top. total, right? So it's it's 1,000 per person. person. If, you, if you have one person, it's 10,000. If you have 10 people, it's 10,000. Is that, that, yeah. is that correct? Yeah. So it's like a fixed cost because you just rent an employee for the day, basically. But you, but, also you said, yeah. but you also said, yeah, on top of that, you had to pay for the tickets to get in. Correct. Wow. And there was one guy from VMware there. There was this him and his son. Uh, he must have been pretty high up. Then. Time of his life. Yeah. <laughs> Five grand a piece. Wow. Well, you know, you do what you do. It. Yeah, it's a, some for some people, time is money. Like if you if you want to hit all, all four parks and ride every popular ride, so that might that might be worth it. The the part that kind of helped me with it is number one, I wasn't spending the entire amount, right? I was only covering for six people. And then I also have to think that historically, if I go to the park. I'm going to have to buy six tickets, park hopper, and I'm going to be there for at least four days. And so it was a, it was a margin of, 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 you know, a difference of paying 2x, but being able to not have to wait in lines at all. And then the rest of the time that we're in Florida, go out and do other cool things. It was kind of a no-brainer so, for me. So this was a one-day, 10 grand off the, just yeah. one day, not multiple days. One day. One day. Yep. And then I had four other people that went with us that fit the bill for the rest of it. Yeah. I, I did the Dis, not Disney Orlando uh, Universal Studios Orlando. I paid for a front of the line, and I thought that was cool. But yeah, one mm-hmm. day was more than enough. I didn't like I said. I didn't think I need anything more than that, and that's probably one of the last times I've been to a to a theme park. My only regret in that trip, Animal Kingdom. What a waste! Don't ever go there. <laughs> Nobody wants you, like this is zoo. Disney you know zoo. Yuck. Yeah. Hey, uh, fun fact, you guys know that if either, like, Legoland, if you, Chris, or you, Glenn, or even my, or me by myself, if you go to Legoland and you walk up to the gate and say, I want to buy one ticket, please, you know what the answer will be? What's that? No. No, you cannot buy a ticket. (laughs) Why can't you go as a single person? Because Because they're afraid you're going to steal kids. Apparently, that happens a lot over there. (laughs) But you can buy one ticket online. I don't know about that. I don't know if you can get entry without going there with a group or like this. Someone creepy old men in there. Did you try, Brian? Is that how you know? <laughs> he spoke from experience. <laughs> My plans were full. They figured there out were, what you were going to do. There were people alone at Disneyland. I don't know if that's a policy in Disneyland because I, I definitely remember seeing some so. people. They that, would never say no to three hundred dollars. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, right. Chris? Exactly. <laughs> The money's traded. We got a report in a week. Yes, the money's there. We don't care. That's. Yeah. Pro- I think that's that might be their official corporate motto. Is if the money's there, we don't care. I, you know, I, I used to love going there for their turkey legs and their chili con carne, but man, are they, the prices are just ridiculous now. My gosh, the food I would say was reasonable for what they could charge. I would say it's it's. I'm more on the reasonable side. It's all the insane upcharges for everything you go in, and and the merch. The merch is definitely overpriced. Yeah. But so like going food in was, and out. Yeah, I think the I food it. was yeah. reasonable, <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> food's in and out is awesome. Yeah, food's not as good as in and out. 
That's not saying a lot. Yeah, so Brian, you probably saw this too, that Disney is officially a cult. Like everybody had the, the theme t shirts, everyone was wearing the headbands, everyone had like they brought their own signs and people were you included like waiting yeah, in line for this that. parade for you hours. You, you did it for a day. <laughs> you were it part is, of but the yeah. cult. <laughs> I don't I don't subscribe to that level of fanaticism. Like I said, the last time I went there was probably ten plus years ago. So I have my dad lives in Florida and so like they have like season passes and they go like every single day. And anytime I take my family there to go visit, it's like everybody wants to go to Disney. I'm like, you know, we just were here like last year. Like, why on earth do we want to come again? But they they love it. I hate it. I think it's insane. And I'll never go back unless I'm doing the whole express, you know, life cheating route where I have to wait in lines. I hate waiting in lines. And then plus it's super hot and humid over there. Blows out my beard. I don't be looking sexy, so so I gotta ask, you know, if, if your kids ask you to go again this next year, are you gonna do it, Chris? For me, no, no, definitely not. No, it's gonna be, it's gotta be another couple of years before we even consider going back there. Yeah, it was. This was the race. It was both my kids' first times, and I think this was the right age because they're both old enough. We didn't need a stroller. I think if you had a stroller, it'd be ten times worse. And there were people there, like, like the second day where there was so crowded. People were even like disabled people, like on a rascal scooter or parents that had a double wide stroller. Mm-hmm. It was impossible to get through the crowd just because there were just so many people there, especially when they block off both sides of the street for the parade. It was just mm-hmm. so narrow. Yeah. COVID was not going on over there at any time, was there? No, no. So that's that's another observation I put here. This is out of the thousands of families that were there both days, we only saw two other families wearing a mask. <laughs> and you were one of them. that's why i said two others so there were like three total families wearing a mask that whole time the asian just let it out come on chris were the other two families Asian? one one other family was indian so they they count as asian and then one was was (laughs) why did they count (laughs) (laughs) they count that was asian then the guy was wearing ultra boost so obviously that counts too yeah there you go and then one was of brian's variety oh okay gotcha he was Hispanic. He was Hispanic. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, it was. I, I guess I'm not surprised. I would say it was an eye-opening how fanatic people are, but it's also not surprising, like, especially you know Disney's last earning calls. They said they they lost money because of their streaming, but their parks revenue is off the charts. Like I totally believe that. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Wait, how was the plane ride, by the way? Planner was easy. Flew into Santa Ana. Like we had the choice of flying into Santa Ana or LAX would have been slightly cheaper. When we looked up the flights, I said there is literally no amount of money in the world that would make me choose LAX over Santa Ana. There's no amount of money in the world that would say I would willingly fly into LAX. Is it my understanding that all the restaurants are still not open at Disneyland? No, they're all open. They're all open. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it, it's super convenient to order ahead. Like you book your time and say, "I want my pizza in thirty minutes." You show up thirty in thirty what about minutes. Any, pizza's there. What about any of the stores in downtown Disney? Were they all open as well? Yeah, yeah, Full everything force. was open. Wow. Yeah, no, pandemic's over. There's okay. there were literally no pandemic restrictions there. They have a reservation, so they max out the number of people that can be in the park in a day. But even then, it was it felt so crowded on yeah. Veterans Day. Yeah. Cool. All right, enough Disney talk. We continue to get great comments about our 
dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, I'm up. Well, guys, I started a band called 1023 Megabytes. I can't believe we still haven't gotten a gig. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. One day. One day. One day. day. <laughs> All right, to wrap things up, there was no election hacking in New York, just really old computers. Front right pocket gang for life. Apple is limiting airdrop from everyone to 10 minutes bowing down to Chinese pressure. Crypto exchange FTX implodes overnight and gets hacked. Elon Musk has interesting methods to find leakers. And Disney is a cult. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pebcac Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rate us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pebcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. See you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Bye, Felicia. Bye, FTX. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs>